The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. You are tuned into Inspire FM 105.1 FM. Welcome to Mother's Planet, a show where there is always something to talk about in a productive and beneficial way. I'm your host, Neelam, and joining me on the show this morning is my guest, uh, Roxana. Now, I will get Roxana to uh, formally introduce herself a little later in the show. But first, Roxana, how are you? Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the show. Walaikum uh, salam. Thank you for having me today, and I am well. How's and your morning? Oh, I'm okay. I, I've had a bit of a crazy morning. Just um, you know, when you think, "Oh, I've got plenty of time," and then you go off and you do something, and then you mm-hmm. look up and you think, "Where did that time go?" <laughs> I'm having one of those mornings this morning where I think five minutes is actually like ten minutes, but actually yeah. it's not. And I've not had time on my side this morning, so yeah, I've been um chasing time and trying to fight against it but how's your weekend yeah alhamdulillah it's busy it's good it's good but i find on a morning it's always really busy with the children and the earlier you wake up the more you do things and then you get later for school that's what i find absolutely agree with you so i had this thing was where i was like well i'm i know because now we are quite lucky because of winter fajr is quite late in the yeah so you know it's like before we used to read Fajr and then go back to sleep, but now it's like, you know, actually mm. stay awake. And I find that the days that I stay awake, I'm actually still fighting against the time like I would have if I had mm. that little lion. So I've started to go back to my lions now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to give this up. So, yeah. So, uh, listeners, yes, this week has um, uh, been quite crazy. Now, last week I mentioned that um, I was decorating and uh, decluttering my house um uh, decorating in the sense that i'm just reshuffling things in rooms and start trying to think of better ways to store things um uh, and find ways of um, storing things in the house so we did you know do a bit of shopping and i can actually now say that the flat pack items have actually worked their way out of the boxes and um are actually being put together and um I don't know now. I, I usually really love this kind of stuff where I'm decluttering, decorating, renovating and, and sorting things out and, and putting things in order. But this time around, I found it really mundane and I found it so difficult to really motivate myself to get on with it. Now, I don't know if it's because um, it's it's dark and it's gloomy and the weather's not on my side and we don't have that sunshine to keep our spirits going. Or if it's because I'm getting old, so uh, I like to think it's the latter, um, and it's not, and it's not my age. But uh, how do you, are you a decorator, renovator? Do you like all this kind of stuff, uh, Roxana? No, I'm not at all, and I don't even. I'm not even the creative, so I wouldn't have any ideas. I find all this of quite overwhelming. Ah, uh, yeah. So I'm not a decorator, but I do like to declutter. Mm. So that's one I do like, and I do it every six months. Oh, good. Okay. So I don't have a lot of clutter building up every six months. I get rid of things that we, that's not, you know, that haven't been used. Good. So I either donate to tar- charity or throw them away or recycle them. Oh, wow. Wow, good. That's really good to hear. So I'd love to come and sit in your house then because it would be really <laughs> organised. I I like to think I like to declutter. Um. But um, I've got children that are hoarders, and so they seek hold of things, and I don't know about them. And then when I'm arranging their room or tidying their room or even just putting their clothes away, it's like, where did this come from? So I'm discovering new things. So I think Mm. it's hard. How do you manage decluttering with children? Um, I, I get rid of things that they don't know about. So they don't even know that it's gone missing, even though they've been hoarding it. So, I, yeah, I do that. So things I know that they're just keeping, they're not going to use, they've grown out of, I'll just get rid of it when they're not there. And then I'm donating it to charity. So then, you know, for me, I don't feel so I, I don't feel guilty, yeah, because I'm donating it to charity and somebody else can make use of it. 
Yes, but I do think even for our children, if they have a decluttered room, yes. it, it it frees their mind. Um, it frees our mind. It's less, you know, it's less stressful being in the house. And I think it's it's the same process for the children. Yeah, absolutely. Because when I have worked really hard and um, cleared up their rooms and tidied up their rooms, when they've gone in, they're like, wow, their jaw hits the ground. And, and I can see that it lasts for about two weeks where they are folding and putting their clothes away and, you know, following the routine that mum set up. But, it, you know, they do like that. Uh, airy feel in their room so I do agree with you um I always talk about the weather in my show um Ruxana, and and it's actually been quite a cold week um I've been fighting um the radiators being on I don't like to have the heating on I, I tend not to put the heaters on um and um I'm having to actually switch them on every evening now and I do keep it on low but it's getting really chilly now and I'm finding that um the heating has to come on and, and it's just like November. So I keep thinking winter in my head starts in December. So we're still in the autumn season. We haven't quite hit winter. So I'm reluctant to turn the heating on. But um, uh, I like to talk about the brews that we're having this morning. So I, I noticed that you were sipping away at something. I, I was <laughs> late to my show this morning just by a few minutes because I had to have my cup of tea with me. Otherwise, I don't think I could have functioned in the show. So... Um, that's right. It's late just for my tea. So I've got my tea with me. Well, what kind of drink are you, Roxana? I've got a coffee, and it's my second one so far already. Oh, wow. <laughs> coffee. Oh, I was talking to my guest last week, and we both just came to the conclusion that coffee is just too difficult to stomach. I just can't do it. Um. Well, I had a tea in the morning, and then I'm having a coffee. I sort of... um. You know, swap coffee, tea, coffee, tea, yeah. But my morning, I think if I don't have it, I can't, I really can't energise myself and start start the day. Wow. So. I don't know. I think the caffeine's a bit too much for me. And I do find that um, when I do have coffee, the initial few sips are quite nice. But then mm-hmm. um, I find that I have this real bitter taste in my mouth afterwards. And I don't like that lingering taste or mm-hmm my mouth so I do find that I'm either brushing my teeth or having too many biscuits to take away that t- is it a t- biscuits though, don't we? Yeah, I know. But when I have coffee I can get away with one biscuit with tea but with coffee it has to be several so I, I think um, I'm better off sticking with uh, my tea so listeners uh, share your brew with me this morning what kind of drink are you having while I we are listening into the show this morning um, are you a coffee drinker a hot drink drinker well, we did have a guest uh, a while back, um, Roxana, that didn't like tea in the morning, only drank it at night. Um, so she was having juice instead of um, instead of well, a drink. My children don't drink tea and coffee. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So my eldest is 15 and he doesn't, he's never had it and he doesn't want it. Wow. So that's both yeah. tea and coffee. Yeah. Any, yeah, any caffeine. And then the other two don't either. But I thought as they get older, they might start liking it, but they don't. Oh, wow. No, I, I can't say my children the same. Um, I do often have like, um, on a weekend, we set up like a little mini tea party at, at like four o'clock in the afternoon and the teapot yeah. comes out and the cups come out and they, and they do have their biscuits and cakes and they do like a little cup of tea but for the little ones I do make it quite milky so they're not having too strong tea yeah they do like their hot drink and I think it's something that's really enjoyed in the um in the winter time because when it's cold mm-hmm. you need yeah. that hot drink so you do need it so listeners uh, share your brew with me this morning uh, I am taking in text or whatsapp messages on the studio number 0779481822 we are live on air reaching out to all our listeners in Luton and surrounding areas through the airwaves at Inspire FM 105.1 FM listeners can also connect through tune in via the Inspire FM webpage um, you can also connect to the show via the Inspire FM uh, app on your smartphone so you have no excuse to miss the shows now uh, we are also live as an audio on the Inspire FM Facebook page where you must like the show and you can also leave back any uh, comments um, or questions around today's topic. As mentioned before, I am taking in text messages 
or WhatsApp messages um, on the studio number 0779 481822. Now, um, in today's show, my guest and I will be talking about the importance of well-being for women and looking at how Luton All Women Centre, and that's W. L-A-W-C, can support uh, women in the community. Now, Roxana, before we jump into the questions, um, can I please get you to um, introduce yourself to the listeners? Um, I work as a domestic abuse advice worker for Luton Women's Centre. Um, I work part-time. I've got three children. Um, and I live in Luton. Wow. But I didn't used to live in Luton. I'm from I'm a Yorkshire lass. I'm originally from yeah, Bradford. I, I was going to say the accent. And then I moved to Luton uh, when I got married. So how long have you been in Luton now? 18 years. Wow. 18 years. Is so The accent? The accent, yeah. It's a blended accent, I think, now. So it's uh, not quite Newtonian and it's not quite uh, Yorkshire, but it's blended. Oh, so you're the best of both worlds at the moment. <laughs> So when you go to Yorkshire, you're probably not blending in there, right? No, when I go to Yorkshire, they say, oh, you, you, your accent is different. And then down here, people say, oh, well, your accent's different. So I don't think I fit in anywhere now. Oh, no, bless you. No. So um, you are a mum and you are juggling uh, uh, work as well. So hats off to you. Um, I admire women that are doing both these things, um, working and managing their home. So, you know, we need to know your secret. Because you look, yeah. sane. you look sane, you look well, and you know you are you are doing well, Mashallah. So you know, well done. So, um, Roxana, I know that this isn't the first official time uh, I've had you on my show. Now, this is probably the first way that we're doing it in in this way since lockdown. Um, but um, you have come on the show before, and you were working in a different career at that time. And so, mm-hmm. uh, talk me through your career change. Well, I was volunteering at that time for Home Start. So I think if I've had where I've been a volunteer for Home Start and I've been on your show, and then I've been um, a parenting practitioner and I've been on your show where I deliver workshops. So I've done, but if I start from the beginning, I'm a qualified chemist, so I graduated in chemistry. Oh. And then I worked yeah, as a research scientist for a few years. It's only when I started, when I got pregnant with my first child, um, I left work and then I started doing other things like volunteering and working in the community. And through that, I um, qualified as a teenage parenting practitioner and then I volunteered for Homestart. Mm. Um, But it was all ad hoc and a few hours here and there. There wasn't anything that was permanent. Um, And then at the beginning of this year, I saw this job advertised and I thought, I've got children, they're into full-time school, why not? Um, And I applied for the job and I, and here I am. You are, indeed. Absolutely. Now, I know um, uh, what I I do like about... um, your career path, uh, Roxana, is that you've always gone into roles where you were giving back, and um, I, I'm in an admiration of that because you know I think it's a a tough position to be in, especially when you have a family of your own, and then you see other families struggling. You know, you it makes you appreciate your own family and uh, looking back at what you know what you can be grateful. Um, and now you're looking at the capacity of helping women in in the community, and you know mm-hmm. again, you know. Um, you're a mother, you're a wife, you're a sister, you're a daughter, and, you know, your role as a woman um, mm. is going to be hard to uh, look at these women that are struggling and, you know, walk away and not have some form of impact on your own life. As You know, we always regret um, <laughs> not being able to do enough. And I, and I always admire women that do, um, or anyone that does roles, where they're helping others because it's hard mm. to switch off. It's really hard to walk away and, and feel like, did I do enough? Did I give enough? Did I say enough? So I'm, I'm yeah. always questioning myself with those things that, you know, mm. can I help in, in um, more? So working with um, Luton All Women uh, Centre, um, 
and just because it's a bit of a mouthful, I will be calling it LAWC um, uh, throughout the show. So working with them, um, what, what's your what's your role here? What do you do here? Um, I I support women with, um, I mean, they come with all sorts of um, issues and problems. Um, so I'm a domestic abuse advice worker. I specialise in domestic abuse and um, we run lots of things at the centre, which we're going to talk about a bit later on. Um, But I absolutely love my role. I think it was something that I was meant to do and everything I did was taking me to this place. So whatever I've learned in the past, I use it. You know, it's it's become of use to me, and I use it now in my role. But I think this was my calling. Yeah, like I feel, I feel a sense of a great joy and pride in what I do. Mm. And when you said about um, about the women that you're always left feeling like you could have done more, mm. I think as long as you know you tried your best in that situation, mm. you know that that for me is enough. And sometimes we do leave women in a place where there is nothing else we can do for them. But then we've we've done what we can. Um, And that's what gives me satisfaction. And also, if you can make someone's difficulty a little bit better, you know, that's a great opportunity for for me from Allah. You know, it makes me grateful. And then in terms of my life, I'm also more grateful for what I have because I see what's going on in the community. So it makes you grateful as well. Mm. Um, and that I, that I can give that little bit of something and support someone, you know, it's, it's magnificent, really rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head there and only someone in your line of work and profession and with that thinking capacity can, and can say that or make that call. But, you can stand back and, and, and truly say that you've done your best. And, and sometimes it's quite difficult because, you know, I suppose as a mum, I always feel like you need to spoon feed your children and then, you know, really guide them right up to that path and say, right, okay, now let's take the steps. But as grown women and, you know, as women and, and as adults, you know, we don't need to really be pushed that far because, some steps you need to take independently and and you know um you obviously have mastered that skill where you know that okay i've done i've done i've done my best and i can stand back and walk away and help the next person now because that person has come to the step where they mm-hmm. fly off on their own now so i think yeah that's yeah and also because i've got three children and you know uh, i've you've got the house stuff i'm just so busy so as soon as I leave work, I pick up the children and come home. And then usually when you're home, you get all the cooking, cleaning done. But mine starts, you know, um, after school. So I'm just really busy and I don't have time to think about it. Mm. Um, and that's another thing. Mm. But then there's there's more positive stories than not so positive, And that's what keeps me going. And that's it. And you're part of that change. You're part of that positive change, which is nice. So it's quite nice. And again, I'm admiring you because you um, are working and then coming home and you've put on your mum hat and you're a mummy and you're you're doing everything that you need to do for your children. And, you know, and they're not feeling the deficit of your presence because you're able to juggle both, which is amazing, alhamdulillah. But I think it makes your your day more productive. Yes. And because you know that you've a limited time now, you 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 know, and so you you you're using your time more efficiently. Yes. Whether if you're home, you're more relaxed and you've got time to do things. You know, you haven't got time, so your day's more structured and you're in a routine. Mm. So then it becomes more productive. Mm. And then I feel that I now have a sense of identity like who i am mm. and then didn't have that for for many years like who i was i was a mum which is great yeah. but then who am i you know what do i 
what am I, what, what, you know, what can I give? Who am I as, as an individual? And I think this has started to develop now. Yeah. So for my own self-development, I think, you know, it's it's amazing. And that's brilliant. And the fact that, because a lot of people discover this kind of uh, answer to that kind of question about their own identity a lot later on in their lives when the children okay. are a lot older and, and, and moved away where they sort of question, okay, what's my purpose? What am I doing? And yeah. it's really good that you've been able to find your calling and your your niche uh, so to speak uh, right now rather than having to wait for the children to leave home for you to then question what's my purpose of life and and I agree with you I think um, when you are working and you are juggling a family you uh, structure your day better because you you will be at work and you'll be present at work and then when you come home you know that you've only mm-hmm. x number of hours and you need to be present at home mm-hmm. and, and be with the family now, um, uh, can you tell me, um, um, LAWC, uh, Luton All Women's Centre, when when they uh, were established and, you know, what was the need that came about? Um, they were established in the early 1990s. Um, we used to be on Old Bedford Road. We're now in the town centre, so um, available um, you know, locally to, to everyone where they can, you know, reach quite easily. Um, uh, we're a centre for women and girls living in Luton and Bedfordshire and we offer a range of services, information, practical support, holistic support. Um, the centre specialises in domestic abuse and violence, um, health and well-being, and harmful practices. So it's about, you know, um, empowering women and girls to enjoy their lives, to live safer, healthier and fairer. Absolutely. And I, I think that's the motto of the um, the centre, that you're trying to promote positive living for these women and children. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it's interesting, and I'm conscious of time, because I think we've got about three minutes, maybe just under, until we go on to a break. But it's you're not reaching out to just, you know, um, women. There are girls. I mean, you know, what was girls, it? Yeah, was over the age of 18. 18, age, age yeah. of 18. So yeah. young, young, young women and 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 women as well. So yeah, ones that you're reaching out to, and um, you say that they've moved now, and you're in the town centre. So is that actually in the mall, or is it um, outside? No, it's on. We're based on Adelaide Street by the police station. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, so so not far from the mall. Okay, that's yeah, good. and then. Um, and then we have Urdu speakers, Bengali speakers, Polish speakers. So we, you know, we kind of, you know, like are diverse to fit the community of Luton. Yes. I was just about to ask that, that, you know, how, how do you meet the needs of the community? So, yeah. So we kind of represent the dynamics of Luton. Yes. Yeah. So, and our clientele is a, represent, a representation of that. Okay. Um, okay. So, um, when women do uh, look for support and you know uh, are trying to find out how they can get support, um, do they need to have a referral made by a health profession, or can they contact um, LWAC? Um, yeah, it's both. Sometimes uh, we have referrals from health professionals mostly from health professionals because a lot of people don't know that we exist and mm. um, but then you can just pick up the phone ring the center email the center everything's on the website and say look i want to refer myself to access support from this center and that's it and then the next process starts so you don't need um, a health professional so you can actually directly contact you guys on the on the website themselves yeah absolutely and- you can and uh, I, I suppose um, this was something that was probably developed from uh, the lockdowns, but not all of your interactions um, are face-to-face. So you, you do uh, speak to people over the phone, over Zoom, over the internet. How, 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 what's your, how do you meet with your clients? Yeah, we, it's normally up to the client what they feel comfortable with. So we do face-to-face meetings, so they come to the centre. We have over the phone 
And then we run programs. So we run programs around well-being, domestic abuse, domestic violence. We offer free legal advice. So we have a solicitor surgery. Um, we do career progression groups. So we have lots of things going on in the centre. Um, but in terms of one-to-one support, which is uh, something we offer as well, that, that can be over the phone or face-to-face, just whatever the client feels comfortable with. Yeah, and that's nice because it, the ownership should be on the client themselves, how they feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, listeners, uh, we have, believe it or not, Roxana, we've actually come to the first half of the show where we are going over to a short commercial break. I'm joined by Roxana this morning, who is representing um, Luton All Women Centre. We're talking about the well-being of women and uh, looking at programmes, which we will discuss in detail after the break, looking at um, support programmes that they are running for women in the community. But for now, use this opportunity to go refill your hot or cold brew, whatever it is that you're having with me this morning, and join us after a short commercial break. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Mother's Planet. I'm your host Neelam and joining me on the show this morning is my guest uh, Roxana. Assalamu alaikum Roxana. So in the show so far, uh, we have been uh, discussing a little bit about Luton All Women's Centre um, and looking at some of the things that they do. Um, they have had a relocation, so they are now by the police station. Um, they were first uh, near Lee Grey Road, you said. On Old Bedford Road. Old Bedford Road. So they have uh, relocated so that women can access them uh, more easily. Now, uh, Roxana's role within the um, Luton All Women's Centre is looking at uh, women that need support with um, domestic violence and abuse. Now, going on to this, um, Roxana, while it being a very sensitive topic, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and I appreciate there may be you know, some um, case sensitivity around this as well, where you won't be able to disclose too much information about certain clients and how, how it is, but you as a person that's acting in this role, mm-hmm. word abuse, I think it's it's really misunderstood um, in the community or, or you, know, it can, you know, where, how does one know or can one identify that they are going through some form of abuse? I think you're absolutely right where people don't understand what abuse is because what you have is if it's been passed down through generations, people grow up in abuse thinking this is normal, this is the norm. So it's very important that we become aware, we educate people as well about what abuse is. Now, abuse is not just domestic violence. Is We know what that is. It's, you know, hitting and, you know, when someone hits, when a, a, a perpetrator hits someone, we, we can easily classify that. Everyone says, oh, yeah, well, that's domestic violence. But domestic abuse, that's something that is still that we're all learning about. Mm. So it's, it's either one incident or a pattern of incidents of controlling, coercive, threatening uh, behaviour. So this includes psychological abuse, emotional abuse, um, sexual abuse, um, harassment, um, financial or economic abuse, you have um, online digital abuse. So all these things are included in domestic abuse, mm. um, and and that's what and that's what domestic abuse is. Yeah, um, and I and I guess when you mentioned um, emotional and verbal abuse, I think these are the ones that a lot of people probably tend to just swallow a lot more and tolerate because they just think it's not actually physically harming me. And actually, it's, it is. It's having a real detrimental impact on their life. Yeah, it affects um, your self-esteem, your confidence, um, and it can affect your mental well-being. Mm. Um, but there is a lot of, but, but then people don't see it as abuse, you're right, because they think, well, they didn't hit me. 
And then even the perpetrators think, okay, well, we didn't hit, so it's okay. But the two most um, types of abuse we see is emotional abuse and financial abuse. Because you see a lot of women, they stop their careers and their jobs to raise children. So then they become financially dependent on somebody else, you know, usually the husbands. And that's where slowly, slowly the abuse creeps in. Um, Because then they have no money to, you know, do anything or go anywhere. Um, And they're dependent on on the husbands. Absolutely. And, and that's a real horrible situation to be in when, when especially for those women that um, have independently worked, you know, oh, and yeah. earned, earned their earning and earned their way through life and mm-hmm. then now depend on a spouse to provide for them. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a difficult situation. And I, and I guess with the hard times that we're living in now where, you know, everything, you go to the supermarket and, in 24 hours something's gone up by 20 yeah it's just like every second of the day prices are going up for everything Mm -hmm. so i guess in that situation where where things are going up it's quite hard for for both because you know you've got the provider who's having to work and then meet the needs of these expenses and then you've got the Mm -hmm. one that is in in need of that financial support so yeah um, looking at yeah, sorry, go ahead. So we do have a lot of, you know, women ringing in saying, well, I've got no money. You know, I can't do anything. I have no money. And they and they even can't even come to the centre because they can't afford the public transport or a taxi to come to the centre. So that's how dire the situation is. Yeah. It's difficult. It sounds, yeah. It's, I mean, uh, but you do support women like that. So do you, does... does um the Luton All Women Centre support women that are uh, having those financial strains where they want to come to the centre, would you? Um, yeah, we don't support financially, but we do signpost to other organisations. So we work with uh, many other organisations within Luton to kind of facilitate the right support for the client. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, even those that are financially uh, looking for some form of assistance can still come knocking on your door and you will then signpost signpost yeah and then we offer a free solicitor surgery so if they want some advice we you know they can have free advice from our solicitors and that will save them some money going to the solicitors because then at least they can decide then what direction they want to take so i mean looking at um some of the cases and clients that you you um you have contact you. Um, uh, do you find that women generally are more reserved? Um, you know, and, and we will suffer in silence because you know. Um, I know from experience, we just generally. I mean, when I've, um, whenever I get poorly, whenever I'm, you know, helping the mm-hmm. children, if I'm, if I'm not feeling a hundred percent, I sort of put it to a side and prioritize the family and say, no, I need to be present. Mm-hmm and I need to be there I need to so you you will sort of put your own pain away and deal with yeah. that so would you agree would you say that you're still seeing women like this come through the center where they are suffering in silence yeah I mean the, I mean if they've ran the center or come to being referred to the center that's the first step for them that they're trying to seek help mm. and we also have a lot of women that come to the centre and start seeking help, but because they've been pressurised then from the community of the extended family and they've stopped everything and gone back to the abuse. And that's, and you know, that's in our community, Neelam, we have, you know, it's still a taboo, single mother, divorce, separation. It's still a taboo in our community and that's the pressure that these women feel because they don't know where to go, who to turn to, and where to gain support. But I do also feel that slowly, slowly, there's a, a movement going on where um, this ideology is being challenged and more women are taking action. Yeah. But there's still a great deal of women that, you know, don't get support in the community. 
Um, because look, the the onus is always on the women in our community. Like, you know, if she does something, oh, well, why did you do this? Why didn't you just stay? It's never on the men. They're never held accountable. Mm. It's always the woman like, oh, why have you left? And then what about the children? You know, why didn't you just be patient? That's another one. Why didn't you take the, you know, abuse and be patient? Because that's what they connect patience with. Yeah. And, you know, our religion says the opposite. It teaches us not to tolerate abuse and accept abuse. Um, so, yeah, I still believe that there are a lot of women that, you know, suffer in silence and not speak up about the abuse they're experiencing. Yeah. You know, and and if you think about our, like, Muslim community, I mean, if there is a, a, a woman who's experienced domestic abuse and violence, yeah. where can she go to seek support in the Muslim community? I mean, are the community leaders available? Are the mosques open as safe houses or safe hubs? Are they open to women of these kind, you know, or children? They're not. You know, they don't, the Muslim community doesn't provide a safe space for these women. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's quite, um, they all turn a blind eye. I think it's more of a a cultural thing. And I think because, like, I I, um, was talking to a friend and we were just looking at menopause, you know, talking about menopause. And, you know, we're all approaching that age now where those kind of discussions will go on and menopause is is going to be a topic to to talk Mm -hmm. about. But, you know, I don't remember as a child my mum going through her menopause. And, and I and I now have, I've got friends, I've got sister-in-laws that, are, you know, are going through that. And, you know, it's horrific. I look at it and I think, oh, my goodness, you know, is that what it's going to be like? Is that how it's going to be? And I know it's an individual thing. Everyone's hormones behave differently. Yeah. I don't recall my mum ever being or struggling but my you know my sister-in-law reminds me don't you remember when your mum used to sit there you know knocking back the painkillers because she had a throbbing headache and you know sometimes she used to get like her the button wrap it around her head and sit there and I was like you yeah. remember those days but I didn't think she was struggling I just thought she was had a headache and let it be mm-hmm. so I think um back in the days I'm not to say that the women now are you know are we we're over conscious about our feelings and we're too expressive about the way we feel but I think back um, in the day they did just tolerate it and I think it's very hard for um cultural places faith you know religious places to open up their doors and say actually we understand this because they're still in that yeah. era of where those women tolerated it and did and, and felt embarrassed that we're going through um, this and it's the same with abuse you know if somebody in in those days was facing abuse it was an embarrassment Mm. and like you said it was something that would always fall back on the woman that she must have initiated it she must have said something to spur the man on that made him get Mm. that across so Mm. it's quite it's quite and i can think in today's day and age you're sort of you've broken that barrier and you've broken that um thing so I guess going forward, looking at um, Lutonal Women's Centre, is that something that maybe you guys could look into, like approaching the faith centres and saying that, look, you know, there are women that need support and, you know, we need we need the mosque on our sides? Um, I'm not sure if they've done it in the past, um, but it is something that, you know, is something that we, we can we can look at, definitely, but... We always find them to be a bit reluctant, the mosque leaders. Um, they'd like to turn a blind eye and start fundraising instead rather than actually deal with the actual problems that that we are, you know, that I think it's a crisis situation, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but if I, I think if the perpetrators were held accountable, there would be less domestic abuse and violence because they know they can get away with it because no one's going to say anything. Yeah. No one in the community above them, the leaders will not say, actually, look, this is wrong. You're not supposed to be doing this. And, you know, in the time of the Prophet, this is what women did. They went to the Prophet and said, actually, my husband is doing this, this son is doing this. You know, I'm having this difficulty in my marriage. And then he, he would help. But we can't do this now. It's yeah. all it's sort of hidden. Yes. And I think it, we're in a really sad situation as a Muslim community. Um, and, and do you find 
that um, in your role you are seeing a lot of Muslim women. Absolutely, absolutely. And the abuse is horrific. You know, it's horrific. And I, you know, and I just sometimes I, I can't believe that it's actually happening. And do you find that the Muslim women that are approaching you, they're, you know, is it um, it's a different generation? Are they the older generation? Is it like your yours and I generation, you know, or the younger? Do you find that now? Yeah, I mean, generally we offer support to women. We've had clients from 18 to the age of 80. Yeah. But the majority, I'd say, were like the minor newels, like children married and middle-aged kind of women that are now seeking support yeah because you see what they've done is they've gone round in a circle and tried the other approaches and they haven't worked so they've come back again mm. um and thought okay now i need to actually go and reach you know reach support because women never want to you know ruin their family or house i believe yeah. i think they will try their best and they will reach out to someone like to arbitrate, help, mediate, but it, it doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. And I think that's, you know, especially when there's children involved, I think everyone. Yeah. To, um, and and I'm, I'm happy to hear that there are women that are coming to you um, and seeking for help because um, especially when there's children involved, you don't want your children to see that kind of abuse. No. Expect it's accepted. You know, you should just yeah. treat it, and, mm. and you know, and 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 that's the way things are. Because as you say, um, there's there's generations of abuse going on, and everyone sees it as the norm. So they, when it comes to their turn, they think, well, my mum went through it, and her mum went through it. So you know, what makes my life any different? So yeah. The buck stops somewhere. You've got to say, "Look, this is not right. This is not acceptable." Yeah. And um, and I guess the difficulty with your role is you can only help those women that reach out to you. So you mm-hmm. can't actually go out and look for these women because you know um, abuse is one of those things that, as we both discussed, is what people will suffer mm-hmm. in violence with, and they will just tolerate it until it gets, you know, it can get to dangerous levels mm-hmm. where death has occurred and then it's too late. Yeah, I mean, we're just a small voluntary charity, so we can't enforce anything. It's all, you know, by the consent of the the clients that bring in and, and want the help. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, looking at the health and well-being aspect of um, Luton uh, Women's Centre, what what are the kind of things that you I mean because there are women that have approached you that have come to you and said that they they're going through like you say horrific abuse but you've had some positive stories you've had turnarounds yeah that's right and and it's not just yeah domestic abuse recover we we, we you know we support health and well-being so support mental health physical health so we run you know exercise mindfulness classes at the center we have structured well-being workshops. We offer free counselling with qualified counsellors. Um, we have health drop-in sessions. Um, and then we offer, you know, one-to-one emotional support and advice. Uh, we, we have menopause support groups, um, bereavement groups, anxiety groups. So we have a lot going on um, to promote health and well-being. Yeah. In terms of domestic abuse, we run a um, domestic abuse program in English and in Urdu and Bengali. So it's open to the community to understand domestic abuse and violence. So, I mean, there's a lot going on there. You have you have quite a lot of um, uh, programs that are running to help uh, women with their health and well-being. And, and, you know, you've looked at exercise and... Um, mindfulness i think that's the key thing really because you know and that could be anything from drawing coloring creating Mm -hmm. hands-on so you know it's a lot of activities and and it's quite nice because i think um women thrive from each other so when when you're amongst other women and especially when you know that you're not on your own and there's other women Mm -hmm. that are facing you know difficulties as well Mm -hmm. um you find that women it 
creates that positive atmosphere for women. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important that we connect as women with each other and support one another uh, because it's just, you know, we bring each other up. So I think working in collaboration with one another yeah. rather than competing with another will really, you know, make a difference to our uh, women in the community. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can just ease someone's difficulty, even just by a small amount, I mean, how rewarding is that? Absolutely. And isn't that what our purpose is, you know? Isn't that our purpose that we use our skills and talent to serve the community? Yes, absolutely. I, and I, I think it's wonderful what you're doing. And um, and it, and that's a really good take-home message for those that are tuned in this morning about, uh, you know, women lifting each other up and um, mm. and supporting each other. Because you just don't know when you when you meet people. And I say this to my husband all the time that, you know, um, I think he was saying that there was uh, um, in the school playground yesterday, there was some quarrel happening between two parents and they were men, <laughs> you know, very, no. very rarely you see two men fighting. So he was <laughs> shocked with that because that was the first thing he said to me, he said it was two men. And I went, oh, uh, when you told me that it was an argument, I even sadly, you know, imagined two women bickering. Um, yeah. And he said there were two men. And I said, look, you know, we just don't know the inside story, what they're bickering about, what's gone on, who's spurred what on. And, you know, everyone, everyone is facing some form of challenge. And sometimes the execution and the way they um, react in the public eye is not what they want. So, you know, it's given Mm -hmm. a bad, but it's only because they must be struggling with something else. So that's their space to sort of unleash and let doubt. So they can have all this built up emotion Mm -hmm. and it could be something just like a, you know, you barged past somebody and that Mm -hmm. could be it. That could be when you just broke and you just let everything out. And it's, Mm -hmm. so you just don't know. And this is what I, you know, reinforce with my children that when you have somebody that, you know, is like that with you, you have to just give them the benefit of the doubt because you just Mm -hmm. don't know what kind of, life they are facing so going mm-hmm. back to um lawc uh, luton all women community center uh anyone that's tuned in this morning if they are interested in reaching out be it through getting support be it through giving donations um what's the website uh, i just wanted you to give any contact numbers or any details that you do have to hand is there something that they can yeah it's luton all women center.org.uk okay very nice and then you can you know if anyone's interested in not just supporting but volunteering we have volunteering opportunities and there's always job vacancies so look on the website if there are any um, and also we take donations because we help um, our clients with food and clothes so we take um, books and things you know that just as you know we support as as much as we can so do you take um, uh, money as donations or can people in the community donate clothes and things like that? Yeah, donate clothes or um, we take money as in setting up a, a standing order yeah. or a direct debit or a one-off payment you can take, pay to the account. Okay. Now I know and that the details are on the website. Yeah, I know that Luton is quite a giving community so I'm, I'm pretty sure they um It is, yeah a lot of donations being made there. Now, um, Roxana, um, just before we go, is there any advice that you can um, offer to those women that tuned in this morning that are looking to promote a positive uh, well-being in their lives? Um, I think it's important that we look after ourselves um, because self-care is, you know, nourishment to our mental health and physical health, uh, reduces our stress, um, makes us feel relaxed and when we look after ourselves we can look after others better um, and I think it just promotes health and well-being yeah. so self-care is really important and sometimes if we're really busy we miss out self-care and um, even if you um, just take three deep breaths before you go to attempt like a crisis situation it reduces your stress levels you know, that's proven by research. So just like deep breathing, practice deep breathing and, you know, looking after yourself, social interaction, 
this, you know, interact with one another, support one another, you know, help one another. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I think it's important that one at the end, social interaction, you know, uh, as we mentioned, women thrive from each other. So, you know, having that interaction with other women, um, you know, giving them something different to, to talk about, mm. about, you know, the endorphins that are being released through those conversations will mm. their spirits. So, yes. So, Roxana, uh, thank you so much. It's been such a thank pleasure you. to have you on. And um, I'm looking out to um, uh, Centre because I, I think there's a few support groups there that would be quite interesting to, to air some shows around as well. So we will be reaching out to you again. And I uh, wish, wish you the very best in your role. Thank I'm so you happy that you found your calling because it's, you know... Um, as you said, uh, everything that you've stepped in or delved in has just made you stronger as a woman. So, you know, you, right. you are walking away with um, a very strong personality, uh, mashallah. And, you know, I wish you well and success. Thank you. Well. And uh, Thank you. you're doing a fabulous job with your children. So don't worry about that because they're doing. <laughs> I hope so. Well, I, I've seen them. They're doing very well. So, listeners, we are now um, near the end of the show. I do have a quote which I'm going to find for you uh, to um, uh, give you for this uh, show. <laughs> it's been one of those mornings. So, as a tradition, my quote is, your mind is a powerful thing. When you fill it with positive thoughts, your life will start to change. So, as uh, Roxana promoted there, uh, thinking uh, positively, and also looking after number one, which is yourself. So ladies and listeners, anything that you think requires cleaning or attention this morning, give it a break for now. Go get yourself a nice break. Have that cup of tea that you probably boil the kettle like myself about five times and not got around to having that cup of tea this morning. So switch off the cleaning mode and go have that cup of tea and enjoy yourselves and relax. Assalamu alaikum and join me again uh, and next week for another exciting show. Jumon Barak, Friday, Friday blessings to everyone. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.